A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Colin Shaw. Excellent. I thought you said it was going to be a song. <laughs> oh, that was very rude. That's a terrible start to the show. The, the guest insults the host and usually it's the other way around. Um, so thank you very much for being here, Colin. We always start off with a brand serp as well. So I'm actually, that's my thing. So I yeah. look up people on Google. Colin Short, doing very well with a very uh, popular name. You still come up. Uh, it wasn't directly you. It was a, a C results about. But that's a great knowledge panel with your books attached to you with, uh, I've seen Jay Bayer attached to you as a people also search for. You're obviously well understood by Google through your books, uh, Google books, but it also understands who are relevant other uh, people within your industry. Do, does that list list at the bottom look fair to you? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. What it shows though is I've changed weight over the years, doesn't it? Because uh, all of the, the pictures are different shapes. Right. <laughs> Very good. And that's that's an interesting point about the brand set is those pictures used to just be on mobile and so people didn't really pay that much attention. Now they're appearing much sure. more on desktop. Uh, and there's a standardization that is necessary. And one thing that's interesting there is what Google will do is it will group pictures by their similarity. And potentially, if the weight difference was significant enough for Google to notice, it might actually be grouping them All right. according to the weight and yeah. then choosing the most representative image from that group. That's how it works with images for right. people uh, and within knowledge panels. It groups what it considers to be similar images. Now, I would be really interested. Now you've got me excited. I yeah. want to dig down and find all the different photos and compare <laughs> them and see if Google is grouping them that way or if it isn't yet that subtle. Yes, yes. No, well, there you go. I mean, it, um, that's one of, the, one of the challenges. I noticed the second one down as well as when I used to have hair as well. So, oh, right. Oh, well, well, yeah, I've never had that problem because I started shaving my <laughs> head in, when I was 23 years old. Um, and well, the other thing is you could actually claim the knowledge panel. Right now, you don't have an entity home a website that represents your web page that represents you. So you'd have to go through that whole big long form. We right. looked at that with Olga a few weeks ago. Um, so claimable knowledge panel, lots of information about you, all very accurate. And then I looked up your podcast mm -hmm. and came up with your book and your podcast, which is the next slide. Right. There you go. Um, that looks pretty good as well. I mean, you've got the book, which is obviously Google Books. That's relatively um, – it, it, it's a given. But you've got your podcast boxes, which means you've actually set the podcast up correctly. And at the bottom, you can see results about last October, Google updated um, their algorithms to provide – knowledge panels for podcasts, whereas before yeah. it was very difficult to get one as of October. Pretty much, if you set up your podcast correctly, you will get a knowledge panel for that podcast. I didn't expect the book. Right. Should I read it? Um, well, we're going to be talking um, some of the concepts and the theories about that today, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah. w w how could I say, no, don't read it? I mean, you know, when you write a book, <laughs> it's, it's like saying, do you like your children, basically? Oh, that's true. I like my book, which is behind me. That was my my quick plug for myself. Um, and before we start talking and get digging into UX is dead, long live CX, customer experience is key, which I'm terribly keen on. Uh, let's just show the um, sponsors really quickly, the video, which is WordLift. But before that, join me every Tuesday with an exciting and interesting guest on CaliCube Tuesdays. And 
here we go. Yes, we've got a groovy guest every week on Kelly Cube Tuesdays. Absolutely awesome. We've, we're over 100 episodes on Kelly Cube Tuesdays and 200 on with Jason Barnard, the podcast, always produced in partnership with WordLift, the artificial intelligence you need to grow your traffic. And this week, we're going to announce something really interesting to do with Google over there on the left, and that is the CaliCube logo on the right, the Falcon Get Your Own Knowledge Panel Done For You service by CaliCube. We started offering that as of a few weeks ago. We make and build knowledge panels and correct knowledge panels and improve knowledge panels and stabilize knowledge panels for clients directly, which I'm terribly, terribly, terribly enthusiastic and keen on. You don't need our help, Colin. You've got a great knowledge panel already. Good. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, customer experience, why are you focusing so much on customers as opposed to users? I mean, as a web person, I, I didn't really do business before doing the web. Sure. I think of users, not of customers. And I think now you're going to tell me that's foolish. Well, I, I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say it was foolish. And and some of this is some of this is semantics. Um, hmm. I, I think the 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 actual important word to, to focus on is experience. Okay, right. uh, and you know why then focus on customers? Well, customers at the end of the day are the people that pay our wages, um, hmm. and that whether you're in a B two B or B two B to C or whatever then by definition, customers are important to you. Uh, and I think that what a lot of organizations don't do, and I don't think UX does, is it really looks at the word experience. Um, oh. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you start to think about from a very, you know, much more top level, what is a user experience or what is a customer experience? Um, you need to sort of get into what I would, how I would break it down is into four bits. So the first bit is the sort of the rational stuff, okay? So in other right. words, you know, what you are doing, what the customer is doing, all that sort of left brain stuff that businesses have, have focused on for a long time. You've then got the emotional stuff. So that's, well, how is the customer feeling, Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So when they are using whatever it is that, you know, on the web, whatever it may be, how are they feeling about those things? And, and emotions drive our behavior. The third element I would, I, that, that's within that sort of phrase experience is the, the whole area of the subconscious. So the subconscious is, you know, um, it, I mean, it's a bit like if I said to you, think about the fact that, I, that you're breathing. Okay, hmm. um, and now that I've said that you're breathing, you're thinking, oh yes, I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. Okay, you weren't conscious of it before, but you were doing it before. Right. So, um, it, you know, it could be the colours that you've used, and I'm I'm sitting there pointing there because I'm looking <laughs> at your book. Yeah, uh, it could right. be the colours that you're using. It could be the images that you. It could be the background. It could be the fonts. You know, all of those send messages subconsciously to us, okay? Without but, sorry, it's subconscious from the recipient as opposed to subconscious from me because all of this is conscious. Well, so so yes, so yes and no. So it's oh. subconsciously <laughs> received, okay? Mm. So I'm receiving messages from you. Whether you have meant those messages 
to for me to be received is a different kettle of fish. Right. Whether they whether the message so here's the key word. Are they deliberate? So right. is your experience deliberate? So if you think about the word deliberate, you know, think about the word liberate. Liberate means everything sort of free. Mm. Yeah. Deliberate means it's specific. Yeah. Right. Okay. So is the specific thing that you are doing giving the right message? So it could be, for instance, and let me give you an example. Um, I go into a bank and they put pens on chains. So right. that, that subconsciously tells me they don't I think I'm going to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that really what they want me to think and feel at that point? Do they really mm. want me to mistrust them? That they think that I, you know, that I'm going to steal things, um, and obviously it's, it's not. But that's because they haven't thought about the subconscious. And then the last aspect of it is the whole area of um, behavioral science or or psychology, which is effectively understanding why we human beings do what we do. So why do mm. we do what we do? Why do we why do we say one thing and then do another? So, for instance, Disney know when they ask their customers what they want to eat at a theme park, Disney know that people say they'd like to have an option of a salad. Hmm. Disney also know that people don't eat salads at theme parks. They eat hot dogs and hamburgers. So what a customer may say that they want, and this is the irony, is not necessarily what they will um what they really want yeah so it's right. those four things that add up into this phrase experience and then you can debate around the difference between a customer and a, a user a user for me is more it, it's a bit like um we did some work once with one of the airlines okay mm -hmm. and um it, it's interesting they call their they call their customers passengers, okay? Oh, I was thinking about that. Literally, I was flying on British Airways the other day, yeah. and they, they, they were calling us customers. Yes, yes. So, so, that, so that starts to go down into the way that organizations think about their customers. So right. this airline we were working with actually called – they didn't call them customers. They didn't call them passengers. They called them self-loading freight yeah so that <laughs> but not to their you, face no but internally <laughs> they called it self-loading freight okay now that starts to give you an insight to the way that the organization looks at their customers or their passengers and it right. gives you an insight to the culture of the organization so uh, again we've done i've done another work for uh, organizations where they wouldn't call them customers; they would call them clients. Because now, clients, okay, what's what's the difference between customers and clients? Yeah, so it has more connotations of being a more personalised service. So, if you think of the word client, it sort of conjures up pictures of more, more sort of individual service rather than a a customer, right. which tends to be sort of a B to C. Now, all of these things are. You know, let me be clear. None of you know suddenly changing the word from passenger to or users to to customers is not going to change everything overnight. But it's 
it's the lens that you look at things through. So mm. it's taking all the things that you talk about, but looking at them through, well, how does the customer see those things? And what effect does that have on the customer? And is that deliberate? Go back to that word deliberate. Did you, mm. did you mean to have that effect upon them or not? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it does all, all make total sense. I mean, coming back to my British Airways experience, I mean, literally three days ago, I was sitting on the plane thinking, that's very strange. The pilot just called us customers. Right. And generally speaking, it's passengers. And what I would guess is that if the hierarchy then said to the pilot and the um, cabin staff, call them customers. Yeah. Does that not change their attitude towards the people they're dealing with? It's one of the little. So you're saying things. it doesn't happen overnight, but it it's 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 one way to change people's perspective it, is the words you're using and the meaning of those words. Correct. It's one of the little things amongst oh, a right. multitude of things that you have to do to change the way that an organisation looks at things. My, I've written seven books on the sub, this subject. Okay, um, the second book um, we talked about customer centricity. Okay, mm. so. It depends really whether what, what I would call whether you whether you're whether you look at things from an inside out perspective or an outside in perspective. So inside out means you're dealing here within your organization, the customers behind you, you're just you're just worried about efficiency process and you occasionally go, okay, Mr. Customer, do you want to buy this? You know? Yeah. Uh, or do you look at what the customer wants and what they truly want? and then bring that back into the organization to provide that, okay? Right. Um, well, here's a question, because sure. if I obviously think, right, okay, I want to look at the, the customer or the client, ask them what they want, and then or find out what they want and bring it in, and they ask them what they want is that Disney thing. Because if I ask them what they want, they're probably going to say something different to what they actually do want. So what's the pragmatic way of actually figuring out what it is they want what they will react positively so that I can integrate it into my business? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so there are two or three ways. Um, uh, one of the best ways is is doing research with them, but doing some, but but looking into it from a from a um, different perspective. There's a there's a whole area you can Google this um, uh, called structural equation modeling. Okay, mm -hmm. which basically means that you're looking at causation rather than correlation so i don't want to get too technical here but it's a different way of most forms of research are are um most forms of research are are done through correlation one of the best oh, just in, in, in seo that's one of the things that comes up all the time along with it depends is is that causation or correlation yes Correct. Because uh, it's a huge question with Google. You don't. I mean, it's really, really difficult to understand yeah. what is causing which because there are so many parameters all Correct. intermixed. Yes. The, the, the second part then for me is, and, and this is the great part of being in the business you're in, which is looking at what customers do, not right. looking at what they say. Okay. Mm -hmm. And obviously- Like not eating salads. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Well, I think I, it's a great I, example because it, it, is, it is so true. Yeah, no, it, it is, and 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 um, you know, if you if you think about, I mean, I, I was actually doing, um, I did a webinar a little while ago with Google, okay, yeah. 
and they were talking about their, their they were talking about search and again i'm sure this is an area you know far more about than i do um but when they were talking about search they were talking about the intent of the what the user is putting in the little bar and what i put in the little bar the search bar and what i actually want are mm -hmm. different things and therefore obviously you can then see where it comes and therefore this is where you start getting all of the, the various different um suggestions of what you may want okay but the the point i'm trying to get to is it's looking at what the customer is doing now the important thing uh here jason is then being able to look at it through the lens of behavioral science so right. in other words being able to look at it and turn around and say the customer is doing this at this point because of that okay uh, and uh, you know it, you know, let, let me give you another example that may help um i we're, we're having some work done around the house okay mm -hmm. and i i don't know about you but um uh whenever i have work done around the house i always get three quotes I, right. I never go. I never go for the most expensive. I never go for the cheapest. I always go for the for the one in the middle, okay. And that's called extremeness aversion, okay. Human All beings right. don't like extremes. We always tend to naturally, and it's a thing called a heuristic, okay. A heuristic is like a rule of thumb, okay. Mm -hmm. So we tend to go for the thing that's in the middle when we don't sort of understand what the options are. So never go for the most expensive, never go for the cheapest, always go for the one in the middle, typically. Right. Okay. Uh, but it's under the point I'm trying to make is it it's looking at life through that lens. Does that make sense? So you're yeah, I mean, you're looking at your data through that lens. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people people kind of yeah. The the idea of safety is. That thing in the middle the idea of safety is doing things that i've already done or working with a company i've already worked with who are okay which comes as back to the idea of customers and clients and long term um is saying yes. if i can look at it from your perspective give you a great experience then i'm going to keep you and if i can't do that i won't yeah but so you're interesting because you said a few things there that were interesting um one is what a lot of that is driven by is trust Right. So, you know, you've built trust with those people over a period of time, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, don't underestimate that, you know, that you know, we said four parts, rational, emotional, subconscious, psychological, the power of, of being able to trust somebody. So right. I will pay more money. I, I don't, one of the reasons I don't go with the cheapest is because I, I, I'm not sure if I can trust it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, you know, in all the research we've done, uh, customers will tell you that the the thing that's one of the most important things to them is price. It never mm -hmm. is. I'm not saying price is unimportant, but it's never yeah. the most important thing. You know, trust is one of the key uh, motivators in dealing with any with any of your your clients and whether the, and retaining them. You know, if you just even think of the word loyalty okay mm -hmm. loyalty you know so well let me ask you a question uh, who are the people in your life that you are most loyal to who would you say 
Oh, um, that's a very interesting question. The tables have been turned. Um, <laughs> I'm most loyal to my oldest friends, the people I was in a band with who were actually good to be in a band with. Because being right. in a band with other people is like being married to people you don't even like. Sure. And the ones you end up after six years in a band with them and you still are their great friend, your great sure. friends. I would be loyal to the end of my life with this guy because I've lived with him in sure. this band, created situation for six years. My daughter, my ex-wife, I would always be loyal to my ex-wife sure. uh, from a from a human perspective. Sure. Um, so I don't know where that question is going, but that's my well. List. So the, so the point I'm the, the point I'm trying to make is loyalty is an emotional attachment. So right. in business, we tend to talk about customer loyalty, and mm -hmm. we tend to sort of come at it from the perspective of that means the customer gives us all their business, okay? But when you think about true loyalty, loyalty is built up over a period of time. It, one of the fundamental tenets of loyalty is trust, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and, and loyalty is an emotional attachment. It, it also means that I'm, 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 you may have read one of my heroes, a guy called Stephen Covey, Wrote, wrote the um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. Okay, I'm right. showing my age now. <laughs> but one of the things he talks about is the fact that we all have an emotional bank account, okay? So right. I'm sure with your friends, with your kids, your wife, your ex-wife, um, so on and so forth, you've built up an emotional bank account. In other words, they, they've put deposits into that account, so yeah. you're in credit. Do they do things that annoy you? Yeah, they do. Do they sometimes have to make withdrawals from that credit? Right. Yes, they do. But you never get down to a minus level with them. Right. Okay? Now, I, I work with a client who told me that story. He didn't tell me where he got it from. Now I right. know where he got it from. Yeah. And it's as if you go below zero, you're out. Correct. So if you're treated as if, if you treat your customers as if they are a transaction mm -hmm. and they are there to be processed, and you don't build any emotional attachment with them, when something goes wrong, you go somewhere else because you've not built up any emotional attachment. I'm sure with some of your clients, right. they have built up an emotional attachment with you. And if you suddenly turn around and say, hey, I've been ill for three days and I can't do this work and I'm sorry, but it's going to be delayed by whatever it may be, yeah, mm -hmm. they would turn around and say, that's fine, don't worry about it, Jason, you know, because you've built up that level of confidence, trust, and loyalty with them over a period of time. Right. So it's understanding that customers are human beings, and going back to the subject of the, this talk, they're not just users, because users gives me that implication of it does. I'm just there as a user and I'm not important. That's a transactional word, and I'm not a user. Right. I'm not even a human being. I just use this. You know, It's yeah. like I'm a machine. Uh, no, I, 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 I think for, for me, sorry, that, that, that's the thing you said that really has just gone, oh, right, yeah, 100% user sounds, yeah, it sounds so unattached and functional. Yeah, very, very good word. Functional, functional is a good word, yeah. Oh, I thought you said it, sorry. Um, no, you said just, functional, I'll let you have that as your word, that, but that, functional is a very glory. good word. That's my glory <laughs> moment. Uh, customer, client. And actually building up the relationships. Now, now the, the huge question for me here is how do I do that? Because it's such a massive investment of time. 
that I right. don't necessarily have. I mean, if I actually want to make money and grow my business, yeah, how can I build a relationship without spending vast amounts of time and therefore resources on that relationship? I mean, obviously, I'm asking for the cheap and easy way to, to, to figure this out. Sure. Um, are you saying you just have to invest the money and the well, time and the effort so, you, you need to? So the first thing I would say to you is you're clearly doing it already because you wouldn't be you wouldn't be successful uh, if you weren't, okay? Right. Uh, so you're clearly doing a number of things. If you've got long-term customers, that you're clearly doing it already, all right? The, right. The, 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 the second thing I would suggest is, for me, I would encourage you to go, what's the experience that I am trying to deliver to my customers, okay? Mm. Who do I really want to focus on, you know? So you don't necessarily have to do this with every single customer because you may they may you know, may not be able to afford to do it. But mm. when you're talking about building a relationship, I mean, what what does it mean? It means talking to a customer. Well, just again, just think about, and this is where I don't see this as being rocket science. Think about <laughs> what you do with your kids and your friends. What do you do? You stay in touch with them. You you right. you don't just talk about work. You talk about well, what type of weekend you have. Yeah. You know, what type of issues have you have you you know have you got? Is there any way that I can help? It's not just about business. It's also about taking care of that human aspect of things. Now, I'm not saying you and, can do that with every single customer. No, but uh, so one thing that this time is about is about kids. Is that you're always there to support. You're always there to help. And my daughter has now grown up and gone away. Sure. I don't communicate with her every day, but she knows sure. that if she calls me, I will be there. Sure. And that's the, a similar kind of mindset that one one would therefore need. And one of the reasons we had you on the show is that I don't do this as well as I think we should do this. And sure. CaliCube needs to up its game. Um, and sure. one thing is that we're, we're building a subscription model. And with subscriptions, you're looking at long-term, and you really yes. do need to be looking at relationships. And it's something yes. we're not doing very well. I mean, sure. we, I'm not talking about the team. The team is brilliant. I'm sure. doing a very bad job of actually building this into the process. Sure. But but some of that relationship, I mean, one of the ways that you can build a relationship is just doing what you're doing now, which is, you know, using video, communicating, being open, uh, you know, all those things add towards towards that. Absolutely, if you're building a subscription model, then by by definition, that is a longer-term basis, you know, understanding, therefore, what your customers really want is yeah. important. Yeah, and I mean, we've got a platform called CaliCube Pro. I mean, at the beginning, I was saying we've got this done-for-you service. The done-for-you service is basically us as an agency using the platform I built. Right. And... One of the problems we've had with the platform is I've let other people use it and they don't use it very effectively. Sure. And that's because the platform isn't clear because it's built under my logic. Sure. And one thing I need to do is onboard people much, much sure. better so that they're comfortable moving forwards and provide little snippets of video that explain all the things they need to do. Yeah. And, and for me, I would be asking them what they see as the issues are and then address those in some videos and stuff like that because – Again, how you see that platform and how somebody naive like me would see the platform may be completely different, a different kettle of fish. Um, but right. it's, it, you know, for me, it's the key is, is not just, it's not about, it's not about the, 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 the what, it's also about the how. So mm. 
the what is the platform, if you like, yeah. in, in this conversation, or the, the task, how you go about doing that is the interesting bit and where there is a lot of value that gets left. Let me give you an example. Um, I um, We used to get our milk delivered. Okay. Oh, I remember in, that in back England. in the day. I'm showing my age now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Used to get our milk delivered. We were one of the very last people that stopped getting our milk delivered. Now, why do we why do we stop getting milk delivered? Well, we we were having the milk delivered, and I said to Lorraine, my wife, um, you know, should we let's not get milk delivered and go down the grocery store and and buy it like everybody else? And she said, no, no, no. She said, Kevin comes around on a Friday night. He's been coming around for a number of years. We have a bit of a laugh and a joke. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, leave, leave, uh, getting the milk from him. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Um, anyway, Kevin leaves, milk sales decline, Kevin leaves, pass it over to a new guy, a new guy comes along and he, and he effectively goes, there's a much more efficient way of us doing this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the, re- how much milk and the receipt underneath the milk bottle. And we'll, I then want you to leave a check somewhere safe. Okay. He immediately has wiped out the value. The value was in the conversation, and we were paying more money for the conversation on a Friday night, in essence. And because that wasn't efficient, and because he come at this from a just a transactional perspective, we are obviously after two months, we went, we might as well just go down the road because you know it's just the commodity milk. And and he lost out on what was really the value. And the value was in that conversation. Right, really, really, really good story to end this on. You, you, you felt like the used user as opposed to a valued customer or a valued long-term client. Good way of describing by it. the milkman. Thank you so much, Colin. That was absolutely awesome. I got loads out of that, and I'm I'm going to go away and reshape my business, reshape my approach, and start actually doing things that my customers and my clients want as opposed to what I think they might want. Um, we're, we're now going to introduce next week, we've got Passing the Baton. Next week, it's Meredith Kahala, or Kalaha, excuse me, uh, the conversion copywriting framework that will make your life so much easier. I really want to learn now to write conversion copywriting so that I can get the clients and customers and make them happy and keep them on board for long-term subscriptions. Could you pass the baton, please, Colin? Yes, Meredith, it's, um, I really hope you have a good conversation next week. Copywriting is absolutely key. Uh, I've brought along a baton uh, for you to, <laughs> to, to have. Um, I will send this in the post to you. Or, in fact, it looks like I should be holding it in a certain way. There you go. Yep. Here's the baton. Um, have a really good conversation. I, 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 I think it will be a great call. Brilliant. I'm glad you didn't pull that out earlier because I would have thought you were going to beat me up with it. <laughs> A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Colin, and see everyone next week. Thanks, Colin.